I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real-life hardship, and we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through, and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience, and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom, and that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing, and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her podcast, H-E-A-L, Honor, Elevate, and Love Her podcast formerly known as the Iwaka Mycelettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. This week's guest is Katie Zeppieri. She's a two-time TEDx speaker, author, social influencer, media personality, and founder and lead publicist at the Mic Drop Agency, an innovative public relations and branding agency specializing in media relations, professional speaking, personal branding, and strategic partnerships. Mike Drop's roster of clients range from brands to serial entrepreneurs to C-suite executives to reality TV stars, including Love is Blind stars, Deepti Vampati, and Kelly Chase. Prior to launching the Mike Drop Agency, Katie built Girl Talk Day, Canada's largest girl empowerment event, as well as an international school chapter network impacting over 100 schools and reaching over 15,000 girls in the seven years of the organization's operation. Katie speaks about how to attract media attention, how to use speaking as a tool to build your business, and how to build a personal brand. She's also a frequent contributor to Toronto's AM radio station, News Talk 1010, and has also been featured on CP24, CTV, Forbes, The Huffington Post, Virgin Radio, Sirius XM, and much, much more. So please welcome to the show, Katie Zeppieri. Thank you so much for having me, McKinney. It's great to see you again. Oh, I'm like, first of all, thank you so much for saying yes and agreeing to come on and share your story with us. I've been following you on social for how many years? And the last time we saw each other, I was being interviewed by you during the beginning of the the pandemic. So, so much has happened since, and I can't wait to jump into all of that. But I just wanted to say thank you for your time and your energy. And I truly appreciate you. I'm thrilled to be here. I love what you're doing. And uh, congrats on four years with your podcast. That's truly impressive. I didn't even realize this. 
but I am wearing, and oh, nobody can see me. I'm wearing a purple blazer, <laughs> McKinney. And I think subconsciously, this is to totally represent you and your brand. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I wish we were recording video. And that's probably, I mentioned that on the four-year anniversary uh, episode, that one thing I regret is not doing video for the beginning. And our listeners know that I'm extremely introverted, so I've shied away from video. <laughs> but I love and appreciate being able to see your beautiful faces while we're recording. And I know that everyone else is missing out. So <laughs> <laughs> imagine purple. Imagine, imagine purple. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So I want to jump straight into your story and want to get to like your mindset and backstory. But for our listeners who don't know who you are, walk them through how you got to where you are today. Tell us a bit about your story. I am, um, I'm an entrepreneur and I really identify with this, you know, concept of being a founder. I really had, I think, a lot of the instincts of just wanting to build something since I was quite young, but um it's been it's been a fun adventure starting and trying lots of different ideas and i very shortly out of university 6 months after graduating university decided that i was going to jump into pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors and i began with youth leadership camps And, you know, flash forward a decade, and I'm currently running a PR agency called the Mic Drop Agency. We just actually launched in November 2021. Uh, We have been, thank you, we have been growing and building um, from a client perspective, but also just in terms of team and bringing on some really amazing team members to help us continue to grow and and serve the clients that we're working with. So I'm it's amazing, really. I think these kinds of moments where I get to chat and just look back and see like, okay, we've, we've tried some things. Mm-hmm. We've tried some things. And I think that's a really beautiful part of life. But especially when I'm talking about my journey as an entrepreneur, it's definitely been, you know, trying things, seeing what works and leaving behind what doesn't. And that's been a really challenging part of that mm-hmm. journey. But I think there's so much to be said for letting go and, you know, quitting something, which we've long associated as a bad thing to do, can actually be the best thing that you do for yourself. Yes, you hit the nail right on the head with that, because I was just going to say, like, as you were talking about, you know, your journey, I love the fact that you've been someone that's been open to exploring because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we create, right? By exploring. So you're not afraid to explore different things. You've, like you said, you've um, started different types of businesses and you've had levels of success in all of them, but you've been okay with letting go of the past and creating new moments and new opportunities and, and things for today. I think, for the women who are listening, that's definitely a strong point that they can take away from because I feel a lot of people wrap their identity in what they do, right? There's a huge stigma that you have to stick with this because you've been doing this thing for so long or, you know, any of those things. So I love that you spoke to letting go. So I would love to actually know where the mindset of that came from, because that for some people, that's, that's not easy. It's true. And I think, 
You know, I think I was very blessed in the sense that I come from a family of of entrepreneurs, like people who try things. <laughs> and, you know, I remember being young and having an idea about something and it was always encouraged to try it. Like, even if that was setting up a vegetable stand at the end of our house, you know, at the, right at the driveway, selling my nonna's like vegetables from her farm and like trying to sell them to people driving by. Or, you know, um, I had this idea to run a fair. I always like wanted to run a fair and like, I'm like, you know, eight, nine, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know. But I, I, my parents were like, sure, like go for it. So I'm, I'm like, selling $2 wagon rides down the hill, like near my house and like just trying to come up with all of these different things. So I think that that kind of spirit, and I think even if not everybody is called to be an entrepreneur, not everybody should be an entrepreneur, by the way, I think that that's also becoming something that it feels almost like a pressure that everybody feels like they need to be, or Mm -hmm. that they need to be a full-time entrepreneur. There's room for like projects and hustles and, you know, things that we do in addition to like our main job. So I think it's an unhealthy narrative to say that everybody needs to be doing this because everybody has different preferences and different skills. And there's places where that really makes sense for somebody to do. But I think even if you're not an entrepreneur, that spirit of creating and that spirit of chasing things that excite you and light you up can really be applied to any area of your life. And as I started to go, I think along, you recognize that getting a no or you know hitting a wall or things not working out how you imagine them being that's just a reality mm-hmm. but if you start to do that enough like you're just doing enough things that it's like <laughs> you know okay like this didn't work out but i i'm working on this and this and i'm excited about this you almost like take those a little less personally because you're so excited about all of these different ideas that you're working on or doing. And it just means that it kind of takes the pressure off any one thing. And I try and tell myself, like, I actually say, um, I've like repeated this to myself where it's like, even if I don't know how this is going to look, even if I don't know how this is going to work out or where this is going to lead me, I know that it will work out somehow and it will be great. And I just kind of like try to live in that space of, you know, this particular project that I'm working on might not be the one that really takes off or is sustainable for me. But I know it's going to lead me to great opportunities, great people, next steps. And that will lead me to what's next and what's meant for me. Yes, you're like, so I feel like we're so aligned today. I was just thinking earlier about women are often so tied to how they're going to get to their goal, you know, what it's going to look like, whether it be, excuse me, a relationship or a business or what have you, they're so tied to the, I guess the, the how and the, you know, the, that part of the journey, but being more focused on the what and the why, you know, what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. And you spoke to, you know, your parents, especially growing up in an entrepreneur family, Everyone's situation is different. We're all born into, you know, our different set of circumstances and our values are really defined by those experiences. So you were born into a family of entrepreneurships. What would you say in terms of the influence of how you grew up versus how things turned out? Do you feel that your upbringing of being surrounded by entrepreneurs basically affected your mindset of entrepreneurship or your success in entrepreneurship? 
Yeah, definitely. I think I had thought that my parents were a lot more strict in some areas than I think I I realized they eventually were. Like I kind of adopted that, um, you know, high, high achieving type of persona. And, uh, you know, I I wanted that I wanted to, to strive for excellence for myself. And I think maybe when I was really young, I thought, oh, like, you know, my parents are expecting a certain something of me. And I know that that is the reality for many people. And yes, they expected me to give my best to absolutely everything that I did. But I remember like the first time where it's like, I didn't do great on a test. And I'm like, bringing this home. And I'm waiting to like, you know, be punished, or like, this is going to be bad. And my my parents reaction was actually like, quite different than I expected it to be. And it was a little bit more of like, well, you know, what are you going to do about it? Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go seek help? Like, what does this look like? Are you going to talk to your teacher? Like, how can you do better next time? And I think that that kind of mindset was so helpful. And you're right. I'm speaking from a place of like real blessings when it comes to my upbringing and not everybody has that, but I think we can choose to adopt that mindset for ourselves and recognize that we're not going to set ourselves up for success or happiness if we just mourn over the things in our life that don't work out the way that we thought that they would be Mm -hmm. because that is going to happen and does happen all the freaking time. You know, I think the timeline realization of our generation, uh, McKinney, was like a big one where we really felt like because we saw our families and our grandparents, the way that they did things. And we're like, oh, you know, for us, we're going to have this particular timeline with our lives. And this is going to happen by this age. And I think we've all experienced just one, how bad that is for us to do to do that to ourselves, to say, like, by this age, these things are going to be accomplished because we don't know what we're going to come across on our journey to those places. It's good to have goals. It's good to have ideas about what you like for your life. It's absolutely important to have your values, but you have to be prepared for the unexpected things that are going to come your way. And, and I think accepting the fact that sometimes those obstacles, those challenges can actually be the thing that positions you and redirects you to where you're actually meant to be. It's one of those like you don't always get what you want, but almost always you get something better and you you get what you need. And yes. that has certainly been like an ongoing sort of journey of self-acceptance and just recognizing and, and surrendering to that, mm-hmm. not trying to control things, but being like, okay, I can control how I respond to situations. But you know, God, like this is in your hands, like you're setting me up with what lies ahead. Yes, absolutely. I 1000% agree. You know, even when you spoke to like the when part, you know, it's, it's not our job to control the timelines of when things happen or how they happen. We just have to stick to the what and the why and the rest is up to God. It's like we get so tied to, like you said, you know, you have to do things by a certain time or, you know, you expect to be married by a certain age or, you know, become successful in your field within a certain amount of years. We don't have control over that. We have control over the what and the why. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So So again, going back to your parents, because you know, our, our parents and our caregivers are often our loudest fans or critics. And coming from a background of entrepreneurs, where did you receive your praise from to, I guess, ignite or to keep you going? 
Yeah, I um I loved I loved living for making my parents proud. I really did. Like uh I that brought me so much joy, which is why <laughs> I look back now and I'm like, you know, when you disciplined me, you didn't really need to discipline me to the extremes or levels or grounding or these sorts of things, because I would feel such personal like shame for having done wrong that it's almost like I'm punishing myself um, in the process. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think like I really, I think my parents also really celebrated. And, and if I'm blessed to be a mom, which I hope to be, I hope that I can help encourage my kids to just recognize that you can be you can be more than one thing like don't don't get stuck in any one particular identity and i would see like my peers maybe like there were parents who were like oh like this is you like your sports like we're getting you a sports scholarship like this is the direction that we're going well what happens when you <laughs> break your leg what happens when something goes wrong and that's not, you know, feasible? Like what happens if you're so wrapped up in one particular identity? It's good to pursue that and take it as far as it can go, but we're so much more than any one thing. And I love that they encouraged us like to get involved in different extracurriculars and try things and be well-rounded. And I'm recognizing that that is just such a good life skill. Like mm -hmm. if I'm having the crappiest day at work, you know, I, I feel good about like going to the gym or right now I'm playing like in a volleyball league with my cousins and my siblings. And it's like, I go there and I have this place where I feel good. I can uplifted. I can, you know, be competitive in this space and have some fun. And it's separate from my bad day at work. I've got like other things and other interests and, you know, the stuff that really helps keep you grounded. And I think it also helps make failure, quote unquote, in any one area better, because you've got these other places that you go where you feel safe and comfortable. And there's things that you're excited about in many different spaces. So I mm -hmm. think that well roundedness is something that as adults, it's so easy. I was recognizing this. I was telling you, I recently got married last year. And, you know, yeah. it's, <laughs> thank you. It's easy to see how you can fall into like a, I work, and then I eat and watch Netflix and then I go to bed and I wake up and I do it all over again. Like it's so easy to see how you can fall into particular cycles and that was starting to happen. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can still be adding that well-roundedness. I can be like making time for things and people and adventures and stuff that I really want to pursue. And so I think in my mind, being well-rounded was one of the best sort of um, initiatives that my parents really encouraged in in me and in, in my siblings. And that is something that I want to continue to do because I saw how healthy that was. Love it. I absolutely love it. What you said reminded me of a quote that I heard, I think it was last week, but I was listening to the Jay Shetty podcast and someone said something about um, what you're working on isn't your life's work. It's like basically an accomplishment that's like a part of your life. Like, you know, people are so stuck to, you know, what you're doing right now. That's like, for example, if someone else just wrote a book and they're like, this is my life's work. No, it's not. It's a piece of work that you've done in your life. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, okay. So it is. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you build the sandcastle at the beach, right? You're like, this is it. Like, this is the most <laughs> sandcastle. And then the wave comes and it's like, well, 
glad I just spent the last couple hours. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, okay, so there's four motivations that drive everything that we do. So fear, desire, duty, and love. What would you say is the driving force of what you do today, especially with mic drop and everything else? Wow, that is so good. (laughs) I'm like writing these down so I can speak to them. Fear, desire, duty, and love. Yes. You know, I actually think as you were saying each one, I'm like, I think all four of those forces drive me. I think, I think fear is not necessarily a bad thing. It's got to be kept in its place. But I think, yeah, I think uh, if I were honest with myself, like a fear is like um, not making the most of my time on earth. I think a fear would be not showing the people that I love in my life that I love them enough, Um, making time for people, not letting work um, overtake my life, but still like not being um, afraid of of embracing those ambitions, you know? Uh, So I think fear in a very healthy place, kept in a very healthy place is a very strong driver for me. Uh, I think desire, um, you know, aspirationally of things that I'd like to see for myself in my life. And I always try and think about like, how does this impact? How does my decision or what I'm working on, like impact my family? How do I bring this back? How do we celebrate together? How do we rise together? Like that's a big, big part of, you know, aspirational desires and having those sort of things that I I'd maybe like to achieve for myself personally and professionally. The sense of duty, I don't think is, is a bad thing either. I love that. I like this idea of, there are responsibilities that come with any opportunity that comes our way. There's pieces. I was hearing someone speak about recently how there's a tax that we pay for almost any opportunity that we get in life. And I think that that's really true. So, you know, you get this opportunity, you're blessed to have that, but no, you've got a duty. Like, how do you show up? How do you serve? How do you lift the people who are coming up behind you? Like all of those sorts of things also drive me. And of course, love, like, I mean, how do you show compassion? How do you um, remember like the human element in every single interaction and and bring that forward? Uh, I love all four of those. And I say they equally work together to, to help motivate me. I, I love that you found a way to like incorporate all of those and explain all four. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, so a lot of the women that listen to the show, like I get DMs from women that listen to the show and, you know, the feedback from hearing stories like yours. And a lot of them struggle with anxiety, everyday fear, things that hold them back from going after the things that they truly desire you spoke to the positive ways that fear has impacted you. So what are some of the fears that you've pushed through to attain your dreams and your goals? Yeah. um, I had this deep seated fear that I think probably lingers to a certain extent. And it's something that I've really had to work at um, even, even in recent years. I uh, I grew up in a school system that was extremely clicky. I actually went to five different elementary schools, and um, and then many of those schools kind of came together for high school. I had a very clicky high school. It was right out of like a Mean Girls type show, mm-hmm. um, and I I felt 
I felt constantly throughout that experience like I did not belong. I was at the target of a lot of social isolation, the target of a lot of bullying. Like people would would come up to, you know, friends that I was trying to make and talking to, they would come up to them and approach them after I finished talking to them and ask why were they even talking to me? Nobody's friends with Katie, nobody likes her. And and you know, in isolation one time that would be bad, but that was like a repeated thing for me like mm-hmm. throughout my journey um, just people who really did not want to see um, see me do well and I think I harbored this fear that I was unlikable on some deep level like I was not someone who people could get close to on like a friendship basis and so I felt like for a while I, I was almost like on the defense and always like so protective and so guarded about you know my interactions and showing up with others and that's been something that, yeah, I, I think our, our experiences, especially when we're young, they stay with us. Like those scars and those wounds like impact how we show up in the world. Um, so I would, I would be like nervous about those things or some of the things that I was teased about that were physical aspects. Like I have an eye disorder. Um, my, my left eye doesn't turn outwards. So if I like look to the left and don't turn my head, I'll look cross-eyed. That was like the target of a lot of teasing uh, through elementary and high school. And I remember like, you know, the the terms and phrases like being called the cross-eyed freak would like stick with me. And so I remember like being in university and that walking down the hallway, I would always make make it very um, a conscious effort not to look to someone to the left while I'm passing them down the hall, which is obviously what you do because you usually walk on the right, you look up to the left. I just stare straight ahead. Like I would just like be in my own bubble, like don't notice, like don't show these things. So yeah, those are some of the fears that really began at a young age and carried through and carried throughout. And I love that you're talking about mental health and anxiety and that there are people listening who are going through their own struggles with that, because that was a very real challenge for me in recent years. I, um, in 2019, I, and I actually uh, talked about this a lot more publicly and, and wrote like a poetry book called She Rises and shared some insight into what that journey was like, because I had like a burnout in 2017, that left me in the lowest headspace I've ever, ever, I've never felt like that. It was like, I couldn't see any hope in anything that I doing didn't want to leave my my parents couch like uh didn't want to be around people I felt lonely when when people were even around like it was just like it was like everything that you know you're kind of working towards it just like suddenly stopped and I'm like wait what is the purpose of any of this and I noticed that um not only was I quite quite down during that time but I started to notice anxiety was actually something that maybe I had experienced in many forms before, but had never really had a name for. And just recognizing, you know, whether it's like a feeling in the chest or anxious thoughts or like thought spirals where something just kind of gets out of hand and you're like obsessing about it. And um, that started to become like a lot more heightened for me. And it was something that I really had to work through. That was the first time that I, you know, booked an appointment with a therapist and was like, I need to work on this. And Mm -hmm. I am such a huge advocate for finding those those places and those people where we do get a chance to talk out the stuff that wouldn't be comfortable maybe with our our closest friends or family or even if it's comfortable with them it's so great to get like a professional perspective that gives you ways to think differently about these things um so yeah i anxiety has been something that's like now been like a con like not a conscious choice but been a part of my life that i'm aware of and i now mm-hmm. 
try and observe, like, I know some of the situations that will spark that for me. Or I know that, you know, if it's a time where it's like a really busy time and sleep is going down and like, you know, exercise falls off the table. Like I know that those are times where I'm going to be like a lot more vulnerable to um, heightened anxiety and experiences like that. So I really make it a point to try and manage through many different avenues, therapy being one, but also just what are the self-care things that I implement as part of my life um, that I can work through. And I think it's important for people to know that you can feel those fears, you can feel the anxiety, and you can still persist, and you can still achieve, and you can still, you know, do all those things that you want to do, if you have the courage to face it, accept that these are real feelings that are going to be present as part of the journey, anything great that anybody does, they feel a sense of, you know, um, doubt, and they feel a sense of fear. I, I love even hearing like, Maya Angelou would talk about this a lot, just like feeling like a fraud with anything that she would put through, like someone's going to figure me out. like this is common, you kind of accept that this is going to be part of doing something great. And that's why yes. if we can find within us, the ability to not strive for perfection, but to strive for putting our best foot forward in all that we do and giving ourselves a chance to put our work and put our ideas into the world. That's going to what that's going to be what sets us up ultimately for um, fulfillment and an opportunity. I have goosebumps right now. And every time I say this on the show, the listeners know, like when I have goosebumps, it's like, it's like the spirits, like, <laughs> I'm feeling connected to what you're saying. And my entire vibe, my entire energy, it's almost like raising my vibration, my frequency a little bit higher because I'm so connected to what, what it is you're saying. And thank you so much for going into depth about um, your experiences. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing, like, you know, being bullied in high school and, and dealing with anxiety and all those things. And I'm sorry you had to experience that. And for the women who are listening, because I find when we're more open and transparent about our stories, especially our adversities, we hear that we are not alone. It's social proofing, right? You know, I, I, I'm open on the show all the time. I, I talk about, you know, myself having social anxiety. Um, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety in 2006. You know, all these things, but you, we are examples that you can work through it. You can still be successful. You can still make an impact. You can still, you know, do all the things that you want to do. It's about working through it. You spoke to so many things I wanted to unpack. <laughs> um, the, well, I'm a, a huge advocate and, and believe that therapy, everyone needs therapy. It, there, I think the, the stigma that something has to be wrong with you for you to, you know, get therapy is totally wrong. I'm, you know, I have a ton of therapists within my network and understanding that therapy is like an oil change for your car. You know, it's, it's yes. maintenance, right? <laughs> it's, it's keeping up, you know, having the coping mechanism so that we can get through especially hard times during the pandemic and all the other things that, that stirred up. It's like, even if someone were to sign up for coaching with me, I always recommend also coupling yeah. that with a therapist because, you know, through coaching, we're focused on the future and thriving and forward, but you need the therapist to help you break down your past yes. and put in the coping mechanisms and work through your childhood wounds, your childhood traumas, all the things that are stopping you from doing what you want to do and thriving and being your best self. There's so many things you said that I wanted to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> But I, love that you're, I love that you speak to this too. And I love that you create that space and just transparency with your audience. It's so funny because it's like, you know, here you are talking about maybe 
like social anxiety, look at what you're sharing with so many people that you haven't even met and, and through this platform. And I actually think, by the way, I love audio like mediums. I love listening to get my news and to get my, you know, learnings. And I think this is such a great place for humans to connect because it, it's an equalizer. Like there's no, it, when I've done TV interviews, I'm sure when you've done them, it's like, you know, how's my hair and like, how's this? And like, I look okay. I'm just so obsessed about that. It's like, no, 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 here we can just focus on the message. We can just yeah. speak. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting you say that. So a couple of weeks ago, I spoke at a summit and being on a physical stage for the first time in three years, uh, like my anxiety was through the roof. My Fitbit said my heart rate was like 156. I probably <laughs> should have been at the hospital. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was insane. And when I got on stage, the first thing I said to them is, you know, it's one thing having a podcast that you know like globally ranks in the top 1.5%. That's out of 3 million podcasts. So you know you're wow. speaking to hundreds of thousands of people, but they're not looking at you. So the anxiety of being on that physical stage in front of those women for me was a lot more challenging than being able to do this every week and get the message out there and to connect with those women who end up in my DMs on on Instagram. But yeah, I love that you spoke to, you know, that that difference. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wow. And I love, I love what you're doing. I love I love Thank that you, you have this platform, you hold the space, and you have been consistent for years to dedicate. A lot of people are like, hey, I want to start a podcast. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's showing up when you don't want to show up sometimes. It's what it is. And you've One been doing time. that for years is remarkable. That's, that's an Thank incredible you. accomplishment. Thank you. I, I had someone else who started a podcast about two years ago and she was doing some research and she messaged me and she's like, do you know the average person quits after seven episodes? And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. There you go. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned earlier about self-care. I would love to know what your self-care routine is. And I know different things work for different people, but I love for women to hear some of the things that other women are doing that are helping you stay grounded and helping you find that peace, clarity, and connection. Yes. And I think there's um, balance and self-care, I, I recognize, looks different in every chapter of our life. It looks different when I live with my parents. It looks different than, you know, now that I'm married and um, like moved out. It'll look different if and when I'm blessed to be a mom, right? Like each one of those phases, like my time commitments and all that sort of stuff is going to look very different. I think like I've tried to just keep an open mind and recognize based on almost like a feeling of of certain aspects of my day. And I think I, honestly, that anxiety awareness was so good because I can now feel throughout the day when it's like, I need a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I need to just step outside and get some fresh air and take this, maybe a personal call, or maybe I'm just walking, like just even mixing up throughout the day. Cause I was finding, and, and I think it's so common with a lot of us who do work uh, a desk job or do work in front of a computer all day. Like you need to, you need to really bake in time to get the heck away because it's not healthy to sit and stare at the screen, even if you're doing great work, you know, it's not healthy to sit and 
stare at a screen and type all day long with no breaks and this. And, you know, some days or some of the things that I'm doing with projects, like, especially right now we're building, like it's very early mornings, very late nights where you're doing this and it's not healthy to keep doing it. So like, even right now, as we record this through a laptop, like I have like um, a standing desk, of um, a desk that goes down and up, you know, press the buttons kind of thing. And uh, this is a good part of <laughs> one of the many good things my husband brought into our, our marriage. <laughs> so I've taken it over. Um, but like when I do my meetings, I stand, you know, that's one of the ways that I like help just give myself that balance. Yeah. Like I said, I also make a walk break, like a mandatory part of the day, um, even if it's 20 minutes. And um, I try to do it actually, like, I mean, anytime you go in the day is good, but I really love this midday little fresh air break. I find it to be so invigorating and so good for, for health. And anytime where you get a chance to maybe take a call, whether it's personal or sometimes if you can take a work call um, with your AirPods in and taking a walk, really good ways to like just add some of that balance into a very busy day. I'm someone who actually really likes, I love starting work early. It's just a personal preference. I feel like if I start too late in the day, I feel behind. I feel like I'm reacting to what's coming in. And I'd much prefer to, even if it's like a block in the morning of a half an hour where you get in and you get a chance to like tackle some of the things that are on your mind. Maybe there's a big project that you're working on, you just want to get started on. Or maybe there's like a couple emails that you just want to like tee up and get out to start your day um, so that you're not starting like trying to catch up on everything mm -hmm. and starting much later. And that's just something that I've had to recognize. But then I'm like, okay, so I want to start work early, but I also want to get some exercise in. And by the time we get to the end of the day, Katie doesn't have the energy. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's different. But now it's like, no, even though I love starting work early, I'm going to have to also bake in some exercise before that. Because if I don't, I will not get to it at the end of the day. I just, the, the motivation's gone. I got to hit it in the morning when we're ready to like get this day going. So yeah adding in like a, a healthy movement at the start of the day, um, really being conscious about throughout the day, even while I'm in meetings and that my waters, my teas, you know, what are the things that are like fueling me making sure that I, I make a conscious effort to eat well and fuel myself with like fruits and veggies. Those are also those are all some of the ways that I've like just added in little bits of self care throughout the day. And I think there's always room to improve. I've got lots more that I want to do, you know, adding in even weekend routines, I've realized have been something that I'm really passionate about. And I want Sean and I, my husband, like we're trying to make a commitment to like, you know, for a while, I got away from from weekly church. And I think when COVID happened, too, it was like, I wasn't going in person, you start to do the virtual and you kind of fall off it. And it's been something that we were trying to make a conscious effort to like get back in as often as we can on Sundays, like just building in some of those routines or even like on Saturdays, that's when you do a bit of the house organization. And that's when you kind of get stuff together. So there's always room to improve. But I think like having a mindset of how can I, yeah, how can I add more like love and more um, care and more light into my life? Uh, those are good questions to be asking. I love it. I, I love that you have a routine because I believe the results are in the routine for sure. <laughs> they are the little habits that add up they're, the, they're this we were just talking about this in the kitty where it's like I have now realized it's it's scary how you're like oh yeah I'm gonna get back to this or get back to that and it feels like it was two days ago but it was two weeks ago you yeah. know it was two weeks ago that someone reached out to you about something you're like what on earth where did that time go and yeah. that's a reminder that if you if you bake in a healthy habit 
into your every day, those two weeks, a lot of good has been done. So yeah. it's all about like tacking on these little things that compound and add up over time. Absolutely. I, I strongly believe in the the small habits and the compound effects of that. I think oftentimes people will jump and try to do a drastic change, but your brain is not wired that way. So it's just going to go right back and probably worse than what it was before. So <laughs> totally. <laughs> Speaking of best and worst, like what are some of the best and worst choices that you've ever made? And why do you think you made them? Oh, <laughs> I know I come with the heavy hitters. <laughs> hey, like, you're showing up here, like really. Oh, I would have love Jeb McKinney. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think one of the best choices, you know, forgive me for for perhaps taking this in a different direction, but I think one of the best choices that I've ever made, and I couldn't even point to a date and tell you when I made it. But I know that there was a time when I decided that I was not going to settle for anything less than extraordinary. And it was just like a bit of an internal decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that started to show up in aspects of my life. That doesn't mean that, you know, crappy stuff doesn't come your way and happen. It does. But it means that I'm not going to live in this. I'm not going to stay in this. I am going to continue to pursue. That really was challenged in that time I was telling you about like a real mental health crisis because mm -hmm. there was no hope in that time. I couldn't see it. I knew I had made those commitments and I'm like, gosh, you know, here, here we are like motivational speaking and I freaking can't find the hope out of anything in this moment. But I remembered that commitment that I had had and I remembered it even though I couldn't maybe like believe it in that moment. I remember that I had sort of made that. And so that was like, I think a big thing that helped me like push through and like seek help and resources during that time was just being like, it's okay to feel this. It's yeah. okay to like not be good right now. Um, mm -hmm. Not okay is for me to just accept this and not do something about it. Like that's what's not okay. So I think like that, that choice and I love, and I'm proud of that, that I've been able to kind of hang on to like not settling it. That impacted like my, my relationships, my dating life, you know, um, just not settling for anything less than, than extraordinary. Like we're doing this thing. We want to do it right. You, that doesn't mean you don't make mistakes, but when you realize that something's not working out or not right, whatever it is in your life, you choose to, you choose to move on to the next thing. And by the way, for anybody listening from a career perspective, I'm so passionate about this with, with especially talking to women, uh, you know, there's a big conversation about like promotions and, you know, rising up the ladder. And of course, are there barriers? Are there bad managers? Are there people who have biases? And, and of course there are, but I really believe that you shouldn't stay there. If that exactly. is the case, you exactly. should move, you should pursue new opportunities and new paths. And, and I, I've had people roadblock, you know, the way for me in one place, I switch up the road, right? We just move along and we find a way like, I think having that mentality is so, so good. That's been the best. That's been the best decision. I could also say, uh, choosing my husband has been a really great decision <laughs> that I but from the worst perspective, this is tough. What has been one of the worst decisions that I've made? I think, I think one of the worst decisions that I made was hanging on to something. And in this case, it was a business mm -hmm. hanging on to a business idea 
for way longer than it made sense to do so because I felt like I didn't, it's almost like I didn't know who I was without it. Mm. And we were talking about that, right? Like that's mm. when you know it's unhealthy, when your identity's all in one thing. Right. And I got, I got into a place with that where it was like, I could, I knew this wasn't working. I knew this wasn't going to be productive for me in the future. It wasn't going to be sustainable. I'm pouring so much energy and time and, and my own like finances into this. And yet I, I was having such a hard time letting it go. And I, I like looking back, I would have cut that opportunity sooner because mm-hmm. it ended up bringing me so many other things on the other side, but I didn't see them. And and I, w- I wish I had maybe like the courage to let go of when you, when you are shown the facts when you see things for what they are, you know, don't let anything else get in the way of that, like your pride or your ego or whatever. If it's not working, that's okay. Yeah. But have the courage to let that go. Love it. I, I love it that you brought it back to that, you know, that letting go piece, because there's a huge difference between quitting and letting go. You know, if, if something is not in alignment with you, something is not working for you, it, it's like... Yes, even when something is for you, there's work involved, right? Because it's there's going to be obstacles to see if you really want it. But at the same time, I love being okay with letting something go that isn't for you. Being okay with letting something go that no longer aligns with your present vision for your life. And I guess even with, with that question, I would love to know, like, what has been your greatest success in the last year? I'm, I'm so proud of my current business, the mic drop agency. And and I think why I'm so proud of it is because it's not something that came out of an idea in the night. Like it wasn't like out of thin air, this, this happened. It has been a culmination of the past 10 years of trying and starting so many different things. And I, I would, I was going through a period of time, right. When I was at like one of those mental health breaking points where I was wondering like, what, where are we going with this? Like, what is it? How is this going to connect? I, I describe it as like feeling like for so many parts of my, you know, 20s, it was like putting dots on a paper, like good things. And I really love the way that you said that at the beginning when you were kind of like introducing me, which is very kind. It was like there were good in each of those experiences, even if they weren't like successes, right? But those are like dots on a paper, like putting them out there. You have to get some dots. But I really felt that in the past year, like God has connected those dots in a way that I would have never seen. And that was personally, that was professionally. And with Mic Drop, it's like I had been building all of the skills of telling my own brand story and recognizing that speaking was such a beautiful opportunity to like impact people and also to promote, you know, what you're working on and and build a business. Like speaking is a great addition to that. Getting media opportunities. Those were all things that kind of came naturally to me throughout the way, but I never thought that I could offer value to somebody else helping them with getting those opportunities. And so when the dots connected and you know things just aligned and they were iterations that led to it, it's felt so good. It's felt so aligned. And I kind of wake up every day and I'm just grateful that I was able to kind of keep going even yeah. when things weren't working because it's led to this. And and I'm really loving just like working with people and getting to help them succeed every day. It's it's awesome. I, I love it. And before I get you to, you know, tell people where they could stay connected with you, it sounds like you found your your dharma, which is like 
you know, passion in service of others. So uh, I'm, I'm obsessed with Jay Shetty. Anyone who listens to my podcast knows I always talk about his, (laughs) (laughs) but, but in his book, you know, he talks about your Dharma being your passion plus your expertise, plus your usefulness. So you've taken all of that to be able to provide service to others. So it sounds like you're living uh, your Dharma and I love it. So tell people where they can stay connected with you online, where they can learn more from you and about you before we go to the final rapid fire. Yes, you can find me on uh, social at Katie Zepieri. My last name is Z-E-P-P-I-E-R-I. Type Katie Z and you'll be on your way. Um, <laughs> or Z for all you Americans. <laughs> okay. Um, and you can also find us at the Mic Drop Agency on social as well. Awesome. So I will definitely have the links to your socials and your websites in the detailed section so they can just click and connect directly. They won't have to search too far. Sounds great. Awesome. So for the final segment of the show, it's basically a rapid fire where, you know, I ask you a couple of questions and you share your wisdom to help the women that are listening so they can honor, elevate and love themselves. Okay. All right. You ready? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you could create one law that everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? The golden rule. It exists, but I would wish that everybody could follow that. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think if if we all embraced that mm-hmm. and truly showed up every single day in our personal and professional lives, treating others the way that we want to be treated, the world would be a much better place. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Okay. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. I'm going to say Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Mm. That one kind of hit me in the chest mm-hmm. and um, challenged me to think very differently about how I pursue, um, how I go about pursuing success and recognizing that ego can be a negative thing if we let it. And I found that book to be extremely eye-opening. Love it. I'm definitely going to add that to my reading list. Uh, what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Making faith a priority in my life. Mm, Love it. Okay. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or uninspired, what do you do? Put on some really good music and, um, and sing and dance. And you remember that there's like a lot of good in the world. Love it. Finish this sentence. I forgive myself for. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) McKee. I forgive myself for not showing up as the person that I've wanted to be in the past because I know that I have the chance to show up as that person today. Love it. Okay. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Advocate for themselves and don't just complain on social media. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not where change is made. I we touched on it in this interview. I truly believe that yes, there are going to be, you know, injustices that we come across and our lived experiences and our backgrounds perhaps prepare us each for for unique challenges and experiences and injustices that we're going to face. But you can choose not to settle with that. And you can choose to like be a force for good. And so that's what I mean. If you feel like there's 
something or someone that is blocking your way, I'm telling you to change up how you get to that direction that you're going, whether it means switching companies, whether it means starting your own, whether it means like mentoring other people, like what are the things that you can be doing? Or if you see a problem in the world, don't just complain about it. Like actually take it upon yourself to think about what can I do to make it better? Yes. Wow. Thank you so much, Katie, for sharing your wisdom with us, for sharing your experiences and for being so vulnerable. I truly, truly appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to celebrating everything that you're doing even more, your success with your company and your marriage and everything that you're doing. I'm standing with you. And if there's anything that I can do to help support, I'm here for it. Wow, I am a different person after this conversation today. <laughs> the rest of my day does not look the same um, for such thoughtful questions and for creating this community where where it's a safe place to have them. So I'm I'm proud of you. You got your book coming out and so many amazing more things. Your fifth book, no big deal. <laughs> Um, but just thank you for all that you do. I, I feel the same way. If there's ways that I can support you, do do let me know and cheering you on. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> to all you healers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms, rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We would love, 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 love to hear what resonated Uh, We love reading your feedback. And I want to thank each and every one of you that continues to listen each week to make the show rank in the top 1.5% of most popular shows. Join the community of healers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com and get a free copy of my gratitude journal. And if you can think of challenging you to two women that would receive value from hearing Katie's story please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and tag both Katie and I and let us know what your aha moment was. What were your takeaways? You can tag Katie at Katie Zeppieri. That's K-A-T-I-E-Z-E-P-P-I-E-R-I. And you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith. A healthy community is a healing community. And a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Let's continue to heal our